Listener discretion is advised. everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. So this week, we actually have Michelle's good friend, Jeff. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. And i just like to point out that I did it my first go. Woo! Nailed it. Um, So we're going to do a quick little shot of some Irish cream. That delicious, I don't even know... Look at what kind of Irish cream. It's like five farms. I don't know. I love oh. it. <laughs> I almost choked because I laughed. Oh. I hope you're happy. Well, also, <laughs> instead of shots, we actually had a drink suggestion from Jeff. We have <laughs> Wallaby Darns. No. Wallaby it, darns. Yeah, I kept wanting to call him something else. Not Wallaby Dang It. God damn it. Because that's all I can think of now. Yeah. So they are a oh five farms. Yeah. I nailed it. Yeah, fucking. I think it's made by Jameson. I think Jameson brews it. It's we're still talking about the delicious Irish cream. Product of Ireland. Mmm. Seventeen percent alcohol volume. Pretty good. Okay. Anyway, okay. so the drink suggestion Jeff did. Yeah. Was... So we it's like an outback drink, right? Mm-hmm. And it has peach schnapps. We did peach vodka instead of regular vodka, and I feel like that was an excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, champagne, and what else? Peach nectar. And peaches. peaches. Frozen peaches. Mm-hmm. And ice, and then blend it up into a delicious drink that we've now drank two blenders worth. Yeah. It, yeah. I think we've had about six drinks apiece. I think it's pretty close to that. They're little Sounds cups, right. though. They are little cups, and they have bees on them. you're just saying that make yourself feel better. That's true. I usually <laughs> do that. And if you would like, like the thinking. the recipe, check it out on our Instagram and Facebook page. At I should totally be dead right now. So, Michelle, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking kill you. Okay. <laughs> Caitlin is already angry with me. Still I feel in. like there's gonna be a survival story for myself. Before the end of this podcast. Is you getting stabbed? Yeah. Like well, pencil? that's my story today. Is just how I've survived you. <laughs> because every time we're together, you threaten to murder me or stab well, me in the face. Well, you deserve it. <laughs> wow. Nobody's denying that. It's just the fact that I've survived it up until now. So I'm going to go first and Jeff wants to go second. He has, you probably have like a few little stories. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Let's keep it to two, maybe. <laughs> or four. We'll look Who's at counting? the time. We'll look at the time. Okay. This story is about Amy Copeland. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Amy Copeland. And it's May 1st of 2012. Okay. Okay. You were born then. I was, in fact, born. <laughs> I was fairly old by that point. She's 24 years old and working three part-time jobs to help pay her way through graduate school. So why didn't oh. she just get one full-time job? You know. <laughs> God damn it. She's no. getting her, making her way. Okay. Through the world today. Yeah. And it takes everything she's got. <laughs> so she's going to school at the University of West Georgia. Okay. So after her shift at the cafe, that's one of the jobs, okay. she went to her friend's house and her name is Sunny and her boyfriend and her had a big fight. So that's why she came over to her house. You know, I had a friend named so, Kelly and her sister's name was Sunny. That's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the cafe also in West Georgia? 
I'm assuming so, yes. Have you been to West Georgia? You probably have, huh? I, I have, yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't. So, Amy, Sunny, and another waitress from the cafe, they're like, let's go, you like, let's go out. Let's, you know. So, they go to the a river. Oh, I thought they around. were going to go clubbing no, or no, something. No, they were, like, going hiking. And so, as they were, like, hiking and looking through everything, they spot a homemade zip line. Over a shallow creek. Is this the okay. same river where they filmed Deliverance? <laughs> I don't know. Was there banjos playing? Yeah, I think it was. Were those playing? Was there a banjo playing in the background? I don't think so. <laughs> so they see a homemade zipline. So all three girls are like, "Hey, let's try it out." Oh, what so, could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I don't feel like this is a choice I would have made at all. No, so, I feel like you would have been the first one down this line. No, I would have sent you first. <laughs> Amy actually went first. And then the two other girls went next. And it was fine. Oh, yeah. no. So Amy wanted to go again. And halfway through, the rope snaps. And she falls into the rocky creek. She Yikes. got a nine-inch wound just below her left knee. And she screamed for her friends that she needed to go to the hospital because blood was just spewing out of her leg. Uh. They called 911, and they got Amy... Oh, they called him one, and once they got there, Amy passed out from the blood loss. Oh, my God. Doctors stapled Amy's wound shut, bandaged it, and sent her home. Even though the cut was below her knee, she was experiencing pain in her thigh um, uh, as well. I so, don't like the sound of that. That doesn't sound healthy. No. So oh, as time passed, the pain became more intense. At 4 a.m., she could not take it anymore, and she knew something was wrong. She woke up her boyfriend and they looked at her leg and it was dark purple and covered in large blisters from the f from her foot to her hip. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she has a giant cat gash like mm -hmm. on her shin calf area. Yeah, below her knee. Yep. Below her knee. Mm -hmm. And now, say again, what's all purple? Her, leg. her whole leg. Her leg was dark purple, and it, she was covered in blisters from her foot all the way up to her hip. Oh, Jesus. Is that okay. later that same, like, that next that morning? Night, yeah, yeah, 4 a.m. that night, yeah. yeah. Okay. That uh, next morning, yeah. The room smelled like rotten eggs, and uh, she couldn't walk on it. Her boyfriend had to carry her, and he put her over his shoulder, and they went to the hospital. He's like, come on, bitch, we're going. <laughs> yeah. Sling. Doctors quickly called her parents to tell them to get to the hospital. Um, Amy had a flesh-eating disease. What? Yes. From what? Oh, my from God. The, from the creek that oh. she landed in, that she cut her leg and then... Barf. Mm-hmm. So, from the water that... Oh, my God. I can't even... So, this bacteria entered her wound and into her bloodstream, causing tissue damage, triggering cesspis. Sepsis. Sepsis. Sepsis, yeah. yeah. A life-threatening Yeah, it's condition. like blood poisoning, isn't it? Yeah. Or a blood yeah. infection. Yeah, it's a blood infection. Blood, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a life-threatening condition that threatened to shut down her major organs. I'm sorry, The next Caitlin. day... The next day. Amy was airlifted to the burn center. The burn center? Yep, at Doctor's Hospital in Augusta, where she could be placed in a hyperbaric chamber. Doctors were help. Um, okay, so what is a hyperbaric chamber? Do you know? Yeah, hyperbaric chamber they typically use when, like, when when you get the bends from scuba diving, that type of thing. It's like an oxygen therapy chamber. 
Okay, so it's and just people oxygen. With burns, yeah, with people with burns, they put them in there because it can help the healing process. Oh, well, oxygen does promote healing. Does. I do know well, that. Well, they were hoping that that would prevent the bacteria from spreading and boost the effect of the antibiotics that they gave her. Did it? Well. It doesn't sound like perhaps not. Her parents were en route to the hospital and then received a call from the doctors to get permission to amputate her left leg. Oh. Is that the leg she hurt? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's good. At least it's that way. Yeah. You know, um, my sister's, this guy she's dating, uh, he got, like, a blister. Uh -huh. And when he was in the hospital, he ended up with, like, a giant infection from being in the hospital with this little tiny blister. And they fucking amputated his leg. <gasps> well, you know they say that, like, hospitals Whoa. are the worst possible place you can go. Because if you weren't sick when you go in, you're, you're sick, sick when, when you, you come leave. out. Yeah. yeah, I believe it. That's awful. That's awful. Well, okay. So her parents said to do whatever they need to to save her life. Yeah. I'll so, let you your life. Mm -hmm. um, so after the surgery. They, oh, so they did amputate. They did. Okay. And they did not think she was actually going to survive the night. Oh, my um, God. But she did. But her face was her was well, swollen. from. She was swollen from head to toe. Her face and head looked like a basketball, and she had no color to her face. Oh, my God. Then the doctors had to talk to her parents about her hands. The medicine she was taking to stabilize her blood pressure was, um... Was, like, making her hands rot, or what's going on? Yes. What? Well, no, so the so to stabilize her blood pressure was uh, concentrating on her blood in her vital organs and away from her hands. So taking away from her hands and removing the foot, the veins had collapsed and her... Soft tissue was dying. Okay, so... So the medicine was focusing on her organs to keep her alive, so that took away from her hands. Okay, so all the blood is just heading uh -huh. towards her Pooling core. Pooling in the center yes. core. And, yeah. oh my god, and her veins were collapsing mm -hmm. in her hands? That's yeah. a hard fucking pass for me. So it was her dad that wanted to break the news to her. The doctors, they didn't want the doctors... She's conscious to at be that like, point? She Sorry, was at that point, yeah. You mm -hmm. just lost a leg well, and now your hands little, are dead? Yeah, so... He mm -hmm. held up her hands, and her hands were purple, um, and the ends of her fingers were curled inward, like mm. a... Like, like a yeah. dead body almost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and That's he asked her, he's like... <laughs> no. <laughs> he asked if they looked normal, and she shook her head. That's all she could really do. They don't look normal. No. And he oh, said... God. They were hindering her progress. <gasps> oh my god, are they going to have to cut off her hands? And Amy thought about a book she read called Man's Search for Meaning. And oh. she thought if she could, if he could survive the Holocaust, then she could survive this. So oh this book my. was about him surviving the Holocaust, so she thought, you know. It was she her inspiration. Mm-hmm. Oh my With, god. In an hour, she headed off to surgery. It took five hours, but her recovery accelerated. So, so, okay, so, they so they've hands. cut off her hands. Uh -huh. What about her other leg? Nope, not the other leg. Just the leg and the two hands. Hmm. That feels like enough. Okay. Poor Amy. Continue on. So, what was it? So she underwent more than 30 surgeries. What? To close all the wounds from your, for her amputations. Oh, my so her God. her leg, her two hands. So tissue was removed from her abdominal muscle to create a flap to cover her um, artery, her femoral artery. Oh my god. god. Yeah. Why was... didn't they just use some of the tissue from the limbs they cut off? Because it was, it was all dead. dead with flesh-eating bacteria was it all dead? in it. 
So the created flap that was covered with skin grafts taken from her right thigh, which oozed and scabbed. Mm. So twice a day, lotion was applied to all her wounds. Oh dear! After Jesus. puts the lotion on. Its yeah, skin. that's immediately <laughs> what. <it's laughs> After weeks, Amy finally was able to get out of bed and go outside. Oh my gosh. On July 4th, two months after the accident, she was transferred to to Atlanta. Oh my god. Atlanta Shepherd, which specializes in brain and spinal cord injury rehabilitation to begin physical therapy. Now, Why is she there? Yeah. I don't know. So, well, I mean, that shit probably did move through her spinal cord or something. Well, no, it said, um. Probably because of the loss of hand and leg. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact she was in bed for two months. Well, also, like, because she doesn't have a leg anymore, so she probably needs to learn how to rewalk and Yeah. Muscles probably atrophied and. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So, the emotional pain started to set in and that she would never be the same again. I'm never going hiking again, just FYI. Well, just don't go on a homemade zip line. Yeah, I will never go. I won't go on a non-homemade zipline. <laughs> Ziplines are out for me. Yeah. But she was getting physically stronger, learning her wheelchair, and working three hours a day with a physical therapist. God, three hours. So she got fitted with prosthetics. Oh, yeah. Amy. You're so strong. Um, so she's still alive today, then? Probably. So, so she got fitted with prosthetics, but was having a lot of issues with her body image. Oh, um, yeah. A nurse gave her a doll and said, Amy, please remember no body is perfect. This doll is handmade with imperfections because we're all made different. It's what you do with what you have that counts. And that God. last quote, it's what you do with what you have that counts, always stuck with her and made her push through the physical therapy. She <laughs> actually bikes, swims, kayaks, and this has been a big help in her recovery. She created the Amy Copeland Foundation, which raises funds to build and run an inclusive wellness park and holistic therapy center in Atlanta. All right. So she has her own foundation. So she made something out of, you know, her tragedy. But so she is doing well now. Sounds like she's it. She's helping others and she's doing the things she loves still. So good job, Amy. I know. Well done. Very proud. Overcame after all. Yeah, she did. Okay, Jeff, it is time for your stories. Well, you know, we talk about stories of survival. You know, survival is kind of a, you know, a broad term, right? What does it mean oh, to survive? No, it's just, you know, a couple of the things we've talked about, you know, just kind of brought up some some great memories from the past. Um, and by great, of course, that I define that kind of loosely. Are you talking about breaking your leg in that motorcycle accident? No, no, I think Joel covered that. No, I think Joel covered that pretty well, although, you know, we had a little bit different perspective on what happened. But at the end of the day, yeah, I had a broken leg and <laughs> we ended up in a van going home that way. Uh, but oh, we'll save Lord. that for another day. But, you know, we mentioned a zip line earlier and, and poor Amy and her experience on a zip line. But I, it just kind of reminded me of a story that, you know, I had from about 10 years ago. Me and the family were. Uh, going up to Silver Creek Falls, enjoying a nice weekend there with some friends. And, okay. And they had these great little rope swings. So wait, what time of year was this? This was fall. Fall, so it, okay. It's September. So actually, it's, it was the very end of September. It's still warm, sunny, yeah, but it's getting It was warm. kind of a misty, warmish, humid okay. day, um, kind of overcast. But we were out there really enjoying it, um, wearing shorts. It was, you know, still kind of warm out. And, 
and um, they had these rope swings. So they built these platforms. You climb up the, these ladders on these platforms. You go out and you swing on this rope. That sounds fun. With the idea mm-hmm. that you know you swing back and forth a couple times, and eventually you work your way down the rope and you drop off. Okay. Man. Question: Was there like a piece of wood or something that you could sit on, or did There's you have a to big hold knot on uh, the rope? So, so you, you're just holding on to the so knot. You're, you're holding on to the rope, and then you kind of have the knot between your legs, and you're just kind of swinging out. You know, it's it's a typical rope swing, like you'd see what over the water, but there was no water. You want to know what would happen to me? in that situation you just fall yeah yeah correct. you would hold on at all <laughs> i'd be like well it turns out i can't hold my own weight and now i'm at the bottom of the rope and on the ground you know so i was a pretty athletic guy in high school and i thought well this would be really fun so instead of just swinging out and swinging back and forth like everybody else oh, does God. i'm going to swing out and i'm going to come all the way back and i'm going to jump and land on the platform because so, that would be really really cool wouldn't you're, it <laughs> you're doing like a running start to the side and you're no, going to circle it wasn't around quite that far i did take like three or four steps and i kind of ran out so i'd have enough momentum to get all the way back to the platform i had seen a few people do it and thought okay they were pretty close it'd be that was pretty it's sweet. doable <laughs> it's definitely doable so here I am, I'm out there, and, and there's this, you know, where you go out, there's like an opening in the, there's like a rail around it, there's an opening, and, and there's some posts there, so I thought, okay, worst case scenario, I could reach out and grab one of the posts and use it to pull myself up. Mm. So I got there, and I swing out, and, and this is, um, where, there's a couple different ones up there where you can do it, and this one was neat because it's about four feet off the ground, close to the platform, but it drops down pretty, pretty steeply, and as you go out, you end up 20 or 25 feet up over the ground. Uh-huh. So it's really a neat experience, and then by the time you end up, you end up you know, about four feet off, and you climb down, and you let go. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So the platform is kind of like on a hill, is yeah, what it's you're on saying? A hill. Yep. Okay, and then you swing out, you swing there's out no over, water. A little bit of a valley, yeah. And then you're, the hope is to come back up yeah. to the platform. Okay. And, and you're just supposed to swing back and forth until you rest, and then you just climb Drop, down. Drop, like, and oh, then yeah. you bring the rope up to the next person. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so, but you know, that's for amateurs. Jeff's got to do it his own yeah, special way. Yeah, of course, way. right? That, that's for amateurs because <laughs> those are you know, for dumb bitches. The real, yeah, the real pros is know that you swing out and you swing back and you land on a platform. You go to da, and everybody's like, "Ooh, look yeah. how great you are at this." Yeah, that <clears> would <throat> be my plan. Yeah, it so that, that was out. my plan, of course, and it may or may not have worked. <laughs> so I swing out. Okay. And. Everything's going as planned. Get good momentum going out mm-hmm. on my way back. I'm like, okay, planning things out. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not quite sure I'm going to make it all the way up, be able to do the ta-da thing, <laughs> but I'm at least going to be able to put my feet up there, grab the mm-hmm. hold of the post, and everything will be great. Drag myself up and then ta-da. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's the plan. So I do that, and I come up, and as I come up, you know, like I said, I realize I'm going to have to grab the post. So I reach uh-huh. out to grab the post. So I let go of the rope with one. So I have a hold of the rope with one hand. Oh, gosh. But it's okay because I'm going to grab that post, right? right? And I'm going to pull myself up. Uh-huh. So I reach out for the post. Well, the post was a little bit lower than I thought it was. So when I reached out for it, I reached just, over the top of it just... and missed. <laughs> so now I have one hand on the rope uh-huh. and I'm starting to go backwards. <laughs> And I'm realizing uh-huh. at that point, I'm starting to slide down the rope a little bit <laughs> no! because, well, momentum, right? Uh-huh. At that point, I was a little heavier than I am now and <laughs> gravity was doing its, what it does and it's starting to drag me down the rope. And now we're talking about Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so now we're, you know, I, I'm to the point where I'm starting to go back out and I'm looking down and I'm like, okay, well, I'm about five feet off the ground now. And in about three seconds, I'm going to be out 25 feet off the ground. <laughs> and there's pretty much no chance I'm going to hold onto this rope to get back. <laughs> so I can let go now and hope for the best, or I can swing out further and hope that I don't slip off the rope. Because uh-huh. if I do, I'm going to drop 25 feet down oh into the middle of these bushes. Oh, um, no. So I make the decision at that point that I'm just going to go ahead and slide down the rope and hope for the best. And of course, I'm calling it. <laughs> Pew. 
Yeah. <laughs> and go. so, yeah. So at that point, I'm like, I, I'm just going to let go. And, and every second I take, you know, is another five feet of, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. distance off the ground. So I have to make an immediate decision. So I just let go. And of course, you know, I'm swinging down. All my kids are there with me. There's a, a, a gal and her husband up there. And she's about nine months pregnant. She's due any moment now. And she's Uh-oh. watching this whole thing happen as I'm falling off the rope. <laughs> And I hit, and so I fall, and when I, you know, I know I'm falling, uh-huh. and I know I'm going to hit the ground. I know it's I not going to feel very good. <laughs> and and so I hit the ground, and at that point I still had glasses before I had my LASIK surgery. Mm. And all I can think of is, okay, I need to tuck and roll because I'm I'm, slow, I'm going downhill. I, it, I mean, yeah. So I knew I was going to roll down the hill. The question is how far down the hill and how bad it was going to hurt. So I hit the hill. I kind of tuck my shoulder and I roll. And I managed to roll about two times. And at that point, I felt my feet hit the ground. So I pushed my feet up and I popped up. But in the process of rolling, I was afraid I was going to break my glasses. Uh-huh. So I, as I'm rolling down the hill, one of the first things I do is I take my glasses and I throw them off to the side. <laughs> as I'm rolling down, I roll two more times. I hit my feet. I popped up and threw my hands up in the air and went, ta-da, like that. Everybody's looking at me in sheer horror, assuming I had just seriously <laughs> hurt myself yeah. and or kill myself yeah. and the pregnant lady who was at the top of the hill was holding onto her stomach like she thought she was maybe going to go into labor <laughs> in a moment because she was so scared Aww. a couple oh, of my children really no no thought. a couple Aww. of my children were in tears no they seriously thought i had hurt myself <laughs> um oh my and you know and you know other than a couple scrapes and bruises here and there i had actually ended up completely fine like nothing wow. had even happened um but Aww. it was one of those situations where, you know, of course, you're trying to, you know, show off for your children and, you know, show everybody how great you are. And it turns out you're just not, not so, so much. much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just an average Joe after all. So. so what happened to your glasses? My glasses actually ended up fine. I picked them up, cleaned them <laughs> off, the put them back on. They were perfectly fine. <laughs> there we go. And to this day, people still tell the story of Tarzan and, and my <laughs> adventure going off the rope swing and, and how I, I landed the, I, you know, I, I landed it perfectly. Were you making a lot of like grunting noises? Or you're like, probably. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, I, I can't really say that I remember exactly what was being so, said yes. or yeah. any, any, any words that may have come out of my mouth. Yeah. Or any of the things that I might have said to people at that time. I, I just remember getting up off the ground. And of course, you know, going down the rope, I did end up with some pretty good rope burns in the process as well. <laughs> I was wearing shorts. Uh, hadn't even thought about that. And, and that, oh, I didn't no. honestly feel that until like an hour later when all the adrenaline finally like, wore off. Oh and I realized, my God, my wow, that, hurt. that actually kind of hurt a little bit. And yeah, it was not quite as uh, fun as oh. I remembered it being going down. Oh, no. When I was in eighth grade, we all had to do this, like, ropes course. No, they took us out to this fucking place. Remember, she's even... young. They, <laughs> when they went to school, they had safety nets yeah, and all those no, things. That yeah, no, that was like... It was a completely different yeah. world than when we grew up. It's yeah. like, climb this rope 50 feet to the top of the gym and then climb back down again and don't fall and kill yourself, please. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So that's what this was, is... I had a harness on and I had to climb and it was, it was like a platform that was like 40 feet in the air. And then there was like a trapeze thing going that you had to jump and try to catch it. Oh my God. And so, and I was the first person up and let me just keep in mind How that much did you drink at that point. None. And I was so intensely shy at that point. Like I was embarrassed of everything in the world and it was just, life was awful. So, 
I'm just imagining myself like I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna be the hero in eighth grade. It's gonna be fucking the awesome. Cheer yeah, no, it's the, like the hero. incredible. This is kid. what I'm imagining as I'm climbing up. Okay. And then I get up there and I'm like, I can fucking do this. I can do this. And so the swing comes over and I just jump with all my might and then I fucking miss. <gasps> and then the no. harness stops me as I'm falling. <laughs> Make this. And all the, like, everyone around me is like, <laughs> the worst. As if you weren't already not popular. As if fucking eighth grade wasn't su- suicidal already. You put us on a fucking ropes course. Oh, and then I think, like, nine out of ten people uh... fucking made it. <laughs> like, and you were the one that did <laughs> Maybe that was just kind of foreshadowing the rest of your life. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. It was fucking true. No, it's not true. I'm a winner. (laughs) Oh my God, now I'm sweaty. No, that was... Oh God. Just life was so embarrassing back then. And that was like the worst case scenario. Making Uh, that really loud (sighs) grunting noise. I do remember a time when I was in college and uh, part of a student government group and uh, we decided we were going to take a ski trip, uh, like a leadership bonding trip mm, up to Mount Hood Meadows and go skiing. And, and I skied a ton in high school. I had a mountain skis one, every weekend when I'm skiing. And uh, so I thought this was going to be a blast, but at that point I didn't have my own equipment. I was married. I was way out of shape. Get up to the top of the mountain. At least this is what I've been told because I honestly don't remember what happened that day. Just, oh, no. just as a foreshadowing, okay? Let's just say that oh, no. pretty much from the time where we were driving up and saw the sun coming up, that's about the last thing I remember from that day, oh, of my, my own memory at least. Um, so we get up to the top of the mountain, or we get up to, to Mount Hood Meadows and we're putting on the equipment. The equipment didn't fit, fit great, but, you know, I made it work. And yeah. I'm putting on skis and all my friends are putting on snowboards because, you know, kids of that generation snowboard and I was Fucking a skier. Kids. I know, right? I thought, okay, this is going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. And, of course, you know, I, it's been six years or so since I'd skied. But I'd skied Enough a lot. to feel yeah. you Yeah, so we get up to the top of a run, and, and we get off the lift. And there's a set of trees that kind of run down the middle. And on the left side, there's this great run with a bunch of moguls in it. Mm, I thought, moguls. oh, that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, and on the other pass. side, is just a, it's just a pretty straight run. Well, I'm looking at the moguls going, skis, moguls, that, that's going to be fun. And all the snowboarders are like, no, that's a hard pass. We don't go down moguls on a snowboard. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's both go down, and I'll meet you where the runs come back together at the end uh-huh. of the tree line. Uh, and so what I understand is that when the snowboarders got down to where the run comes back together, and I wasn't there, they were kind of surprised that they hung out for a few seconds and didn't show up, didn't show up. And finally... They kind of started looking up the hill to see, you know, kind of getting around the trees, looking up the hill, seeing yeah. if they could figure out where I was and at. And they just saw this snowball. Like, uh, it wasn't quite that bad, but they have what they call a garage sale. And essentially a garage sale is when you look uh-huh. up the mountain and somebody skis in one place and their gloves <laughs> in another. Oh, no. and, and so my equipment was all over the side of the hill. I was laying there <laughs> dazed and confused, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, come to find out from what I... The only thing that the I can remember that yeah, since. is that uh, I, I must have caught an edge going through the moguls. And, but I, um, 
I ended up going down. Um, so another gentleman who was on the mountain broke his leg, ended up going down uh, the mountain in an ambulance, and I got to go with him. So I got to ride up on the bench, which they charge us both full price, by the way. Of course. Um, and ended up going down to the hospital because I had a severe concussion. I could not remember anything about that day. All I could keep saying is the same three things. What happened? I must have caught an edge. Has anybody called my wife? Oh. Um, they they asked me things like my date of birth, my social security number, all that stuff. I could give them all that information. But they asked me, you know, what when, happened? Yeah, yeah, where were we at? What were we doing? I couldn't answer any of those questions. The nurse would walk in and ask, you know, show me her name tag, leave the room, walk back in and ask me what her name was. And I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Literally could wow. not. My short-term memory was gone. gone. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And so they did an uh, they did a CAT scan and come to find out I'd bruised the front and back of my brain. Oh jeez! Um, so when I'd gone through, I must have tumbled and hit the front and you back of my head. You must have hit hard. Yeah. So you didn't like hit a tree. <clears throat> no, you just no. kind of like fell hard on your yep. head. Okay. Yeah, and you know I can only guess that since I skied a lot, I was going through pretty aggressively, mm -hmm. and you know you get pr some pretty good <laughs> speed going through, and I I must have just. You must have caught an edge. Caught an edge, yeah. <laughs> you know, and which is a thing that happens, and just yeah. went right into the ground. And um, judging by the fact that you know, one of my skis is about twenty feet up from me, Whoa. and one of my gloves is down the hill, style. yeah, garage sale style. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that ended up being a day that was ever an infamy. And when when I graduated, um, they actually gave me a T-shirt that had those same three lines printed across <laughs> them with a picture of a skier tumbling down a hill Aww. on it. Sure, no. Do you I know, still have I it? I, you know, I don't think I do anymore. I <sighs> wish I did. I don't know what happened to it, but I, I do wish I did because from that day forward, my wife's like, you're never skiing again. <laughs> Doctor's like, why, you know, why didn't you wear a helmet? I'm like, nobody wore a helmet heads. back then. He's I'm like, nowadays, of course, you know, I get it. You know, you wear a helmet to do anything do anymore. people wear helmets? People wear yeah. helmets all the time now when they ski and snowboard. Oh, I guess but back in my day... I mean, you would have been yeah. laughed off the mountain. You, you're not yeah, wearing a helmet clearly. up there. I mean, they wouldn't let you on the ski lift if you were wearing a helmet. I took private snowboarding lessons for a long oh, time. I did easy. nothing but catch edges. Like, that poor guy, he was like, you got to do a falling leaf. So you just sort of slide down the hill uh -huh. just like this. And no. And here comes Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> fucking fall. Fucking fall. And I never made it off the lift on my snowboard skis different story but yeah. on my snowboard without falling on my ass every single time and riding my snowboard down to the yeah. bottom i just fucking sucked at snowboarding i had never been skiing or snowboarding say what for never. real yeah that was 19 years ago i've not been on a pair of skis again since then yeah it's been probably about that for me oh wait inner tubing that's fun, that's fun. inner tubing is fun yeah that would be a good venture. So one last story, going yes. back to the whole hyperbaric chamber. Fortunately, <laughs> oh. uh, oh. I have another fun story oh. from when we were in Hawaii. Um, so this is recent. This is very recent. This is going back just a couple months. Um, wow. had a great trip so to Hawaii. May of 2019. Wow. I almost okay. said 17, and I knew yeah, that wasn't no, right. <laughs> no, We were lucky enough to go spend 10 days in Maui, and as part wow. of that, we scheduled a couple dive days. I don't dive, so she I hung out dive. and she's got with the captains. Nice. couple sunburn days for her. That's yeah. what she scheduled. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, I did not put enough sunscreen on the first time and I was on the top deck of the boat for like I don't even know how long you guys were gone two or three hours no. I was just chatting away yeah you guys 10 minutes <laughs> it's like 40 minutes at a time two times well two times yeah. yeah and I was up there the whole time All right. so yeah, yeah. we did anyway. get to see some whales the first time we went up yeah it but, was like the captain was like like yeah. shut that boat down he's like this is very rare all the pods of whales have left Aww. Maui already and 
So, and it had its little cap with yeah, it, right? Yeah, oh, mom and dad. Yeah. Kind of whale. Humpback. Humpbacks. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was the very last of the season. That yeah, they, he was like, I can't even believe we're seeing these right now. So, wow. it, he, he figured it was probably a late birth. And, oh. it, you know, they were waiting for the calf to gain enough. How much did they gain a day? 300 pounds? No, something three or 400 pounds. A yeah, day. it was ridiculous. That, how much did they like gain weight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good times. <laughs> So, okay, back to Maui. Yeah, so we went out for our first dive day. Everything went great. We had a good time. No problems at all. Second time, we decided we're going to go do a little bit more challenging dive because, well, we were all advanced divers. We dove a number of times. And so we scheduled this dive for the backside of the Molokini Crater, which is one of the most phenomenal dives I guess you can do in all of Hawaii. And we just thought it'd be a lot of fun. But unfortunately, the weather was a little bit rough, so they ended up having to drop us off at the tip of the of the crater. and. And we're gonna have to kind of go around the back side of the wall. Well, it gets pretty deep pretty quick, which is generally not an issue. What what kind of dive was that? It was a specific name. Drift dive. Drift dive. Yeah. So, so what a is that? Of, it means there's a little bit of current under the water. So normally when you dive, you go underwater and you swim around and you go see things. And then when you're done, you go back up to the surface. And well, you're just pretty close to where the boat is. Yeah. The whole time yeah. You just kind of make a circle generally, and you come back to the boat. Well, in drift diving, it's a little bit different because there's a little bit of current under the water. So you basically okay. float along with the current and the boat kind of follows you up above and then picks you up wherever you end up. So the idea was that we were going to drift along the backside of this crater and then they would pick us up somewhere around the midpoint of the crater because the backside was pretty rough right then. And so they didn't want us to get all the way to the back. That's why they dropped us off where they did. I'm chatting with the captain this whole time. Mm -hmm. So we didn't notice anything was oh, going okay. on. So, um, and, and it was interesting on this particular dive, it's an advanced dive. They require you have um, at least 30 dives in the past and that you've dove within the last six months. Oh, and there was this guy who showed up and how many dives did he have? Like three? Six. Six. Six, yeah, six. it was like a ridiculously small number of mm -hmm. dives compared to everyone else that, you know, there's me who has had zero dives, so right. I wasn't going anywhere. And then this guy, <laughs> the captain was like, how did you even get approved for this dive? And he's like, oh, I registered online. He's like, that's how you got through. And I was like, this is going to be a weird day. <laughs> oh. And it was. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we'll let you on anyway. And I was like... Uh -oh. So we should have known boat, that was an omen. Yeah, I mean, the, the first boat we were on was nice, and they had all these delicious snacks, and, they, you know, all kinds. It was just a really, the whole situation was first a class. good. Yeah, exactly. It was like the captain was really on his game. He was showing us all these things. It was just a really well-planned mm. trip. And then this other trip was a little sketchier it was like the boat was a little scarier and then there was another guy with us who could he like did some snorkeling and he did these like free dives where he was under the water for like four minutes straight like i was like how is this humanly possible okay he's like, you want to go snorkeling with me and i was like i don't <laughs> no sir and another one of the guys was actually from hawaii and he had something like a thousand log dives which is that's a lot of time underwater yeah oh the other yeah. the other there was one other guy with us so there was uh -huh. The three of our friends, so Jeff, Carrie, his wife, and Joel, my husband, of course, and then the guy with six dives, yeah. and then the guy with a thousand dives. Wow. And so that was the... That was our group, plus the dive master who right. was with us. Okay. So, and then the captain is just yelling at us the whole time. So, you know, <laughs> as we're setting our gear up, like we always do, you know, I had a new dive computer. It's a really cool, high-tech dive computer, and the dive master wanted to look at it because he'd never seen one before and wanted to play with it a little bit, and he did. And, so we turned on our tanks, turned them off like you always do to pressurize the system. 
and then we go to um, when we're going getting ready to dive I go to turn on my tank like you always do you turn it all the way on and then you turn it back a quarter turn because you don't want it quite open all the way uh-huh. uh, not really thinking about it really excited to get in the water like I said it had been real rough the water was kind of choppy so we were just wanting to get our gear on and get in the water go through all this get in the water quickly not really paying attention to all the things that they teach you when you become a scuba diver um, you know, some of the safety checks maybe we didn't do as good of a job on. Anyway, so well, we get they're in, advanced divers. We are, you know, yeah. They should have known all this shit by now. So we, get, <laughs> yeah, so we get in the water and we go down to about 20 feet and we're waiting for everybody to get in the water. Uh-huh. And the kid with six dives was nowhere to be found. He just disappeared. We have no idea where he went. Oh, He yeah. just got in the water and took off. Oh, and so, he probably drifted away. Yeah so, we're, yeah, so we're sitting there and the dive master is basically telling us to hold on, that he's going to have to go find this guy because we can't go by ourselves. you got to be with at least one other person when you're going. Right. So we spend about the first five minutes with the dive master going to try to find this guy who was not even supposed to be with us, let alone by himself. (laughs) And then he finally finds him and comes back. Just drifting away. And and we start to go down and this is called a wall dive because it's a sheer wall and you kind of dive down the wall because there's lots of cool things to see around the wall. There's a lot of sea life. There's going to be sharks and turtles and fish and everything around. That's why I didn't go. (laughs) And as, as we start going down, we get to about 80 feet in depth um and all of a sudden my my regulator which is you know your breathing device the thing that supplies you oxygen out of your tank started to get a little tough like it was getting hard to breathe out of it and i thought well maybe i'd gotten some sand or something in it so i'm doing all the things they teach you on how to try to clear it i pulled it out i blew through it you know you know even stuck my fingers through some of the portholes to try to check it still wasn't working well i pulled out my so are you just like Sucking as hard as you yeah, possibly can. Yeah, so I'm sucking can, as hard as I can, and I'm getting about a half a breath out of it. Oh. Yeah. So you know, and and for you know, for about a minute, it was okay, right? Because uh-huh. you know, I'm getting enough air, but not quite enough to really feel like I'm getting enough air. air. Yeah. So finally, after about a minute, and that not working in my secondary, so you always have a second. Um, it's called an octopus, and I put that in my mouth, and it was no better. Mm. I thought, okay, something's going on here. So. The person who was closest to me was my wife. So, and this is a different regulator than you had the first dive, right? Because didn't you buy a regulator when no, you were no, there? No, no, no. This, this, oh, it's the, the yeah, same this was my same regulator. Oh, so I okay. thought maybe something had happened to it in the in the interim, like it got banged or something mm-hmm. had happened to it because I'd had it checked out before we went um, on the trip. Okay. And so, you know, I'm starting to kind of not panic, but starting to get a little nervous because I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough air right. and I'm starting to almost feel like I'm going to hyperventilate. Oh my God. Like I'm getting ready yeah. to hyperventilate. And, and, keep, <laughs> and keep in mind, I'm 85-ish feet underwater. Oh, and at that no. depth, if I try to go up, A, I'm not going to have enough air to get to the top like in a breath. Uh-huh. And B, I'm likely to get the bends from it, which could okay. cause me all kinds of other medical issues. It's when the nitrogen releases too fast and you get sick and you have to go to a hyperbaric chamber like we talked about earlier. Is it nitrogen right. bubbles in it's your blood? It's nitrogen bubbles, yeah. So it okay. comes out of your blood too quickly. So you get nitrogen in your blood from, from breathing the air. Okay. And what happens is that you get these little bubbles of gas in, in your blood and as you go up slowly, it slowly comes out. It's perfect. But if you go up too quickly, it comes out too quickly and you get nitrogen poisoning and so you got to go into an oxygen mm. chamber to fix it. Uh, hyperbaric, hyperbaric chamber, chamber, as we learned yep. earlier. earlier. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, that was not an option. You know, you learn that pretty quickly in diving. Like, that's the number one rule. Don't ever just shoot to the surface. Like, that is yeah. a worst case that scenario. Is the, yeah, that is, if you're going to die, you do that. Well, I wasn't to the point where I felt like I was going to die. 
So I looked around me to see who was close, and my wife was the closest person around me. Or actually, Joel at that point was the closest person around me. And I went to reach to grab his and second like, oh, octopus. And he's like, oh, you son of a bitch. I'm not giving you any of my... <laughs> Pretty much. He had his back turned to me, and I reached to grab his octopus. I was going to grab his octopus and then grab his his, uh, um, his BCD, his tank area, to hold on to him to let him know I was there. Uh-huh. But I reached for it, and he swam off. And so I got nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and he didn't know I was there. So oh, okay. it was not intentional. And then, so he I look around. Did kick you in the face? No, <laughs> no. He might as well have, though. So I look around again, and Carrie's just a, a few feet in front of him. And so uh-huh. I swim over to Carrie, and I grabbed her octopus and I put it in my mouth and I went to reach to grab her, her onto her because when you grab somebody's air you should really hold on to them too because right. you just have a hole of a hose essentially uh-huh. yeah, and yeah, um, to, to let her know <laughs> she had no idea what was going on so she was kind of like kicking at me thinking I was just getting too close to her and trying Get to push off. me off yeah and I, of course I'm trying to breathe off of this because right. at that point I was not getting hardly any air oh no and um and so finally I grabbed a hold of her and I pulled her back towards me in the water uh-huh. and like showed her that I had a hold of her air uh-huh. and I was breathing it and then um, she got the instructor's, uh, the dive master's attention. The dive master turns around and goes, you know, try to figure out what's going on. We're underwater, so we're doing hand signals. Right. And I'm like, I have no air. So Sorry. I show my wife. And so the, <laughs> the dive instructor, you know, we're trying to tell the dive instructor what's going on. Well, the gentleman who had been with us, um, who was with us, the one that had a thousand dives, immediately recognized what was going on. He was just a little ways away and he saw what was going on. He's like, oh, I've seen this before. His tank isn't all the way on. So what had happened when we were at the surface was apparently either I had turned it on and not turned it off or the dive instructor when he was checking my my computer out had turned it on and not turned it off. Well, when I got to it to go turn it on, I apparently turned it off and then I turned it back a quarter turn. Well, Dude, lefty loosey, righty tighty. But again, we were, we were that's what I'm saying. I know that, right? right? But we were in such a hurry, yeah. I didn't pay any attention. Well, and at 20 feet being open a quarter of the way, no problem, right? Oh. But as you get deeper, the air compresses. Oh. And so that that little opening, yeah, that little opening gets littler and littler. So I basically took that quarter opening and, and quartered, that, quartered that. And that's why I wasn't <laughs> oh getting God. enough air. Wow. Well, he had seen it so many times. He came over and turned on the air on my tank. As the instructor grabbed my my regulator, stuck it in my mouth, he starts breathing on it. He's like, there's nothing oh, wrong with this. What the fuck is wrong with you, he, man? Exactly. And I'm, like, what? No, I'm like, no, it's not working. And he's like, does it again. And he's like, it's I'll fine. Like, Give me that. Yeah, and so he gives it back to me. And I'm like... It's fine. And I, I had no idea because I, I didn't feel him because, you know, there's so much commotion going right. on. I didn't feel him turning on turning my tank. And I'm like, okay, well, that's strange. Okay, Apparently, so I stuck it in my mouth person. and I'm, I told Carrie, you know, stay close to me, you know, because uh-huh. we we're going to dive as buddies just in case I had another I problem like again. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's buddies. Yeah, you yeah. dive as buddies. <laughs> and so we do that. And so the dive, I mean, between the delay and waiting, trying to find the guy who went missing and then this, this regulator, <laughs> the dive did not go well. And But he still wanted us to see as much of it as possible. So we're diving through. And generally, the rule of diving is when you hit 500 PSI of mm-hmm. air, you start at 3,000. When you hit 500, that's the rule that you go up. And so okay. throughout the dive, the dive master will usually ask you how much air you have. And they'll ask you to check your tank, your check your gauge, and you tell them how much air you have by giving them hand motions. Well, as I got close to 500 pounds, I went up to him, I showed him I had 700 pounds left. He's like, okay, we're still okay. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I got down to 500 and I'm like, 500, I need to go up. And I gave him the hand motion to go up. And he's like, no, no, you're okay. I'm like, <laughs> oh, and, and no. so again, I'm like, no, 500. And he's like, no, you're okay. I'm like, okay. And so we go another little bit and then I got down to 400. And I went over to where he was at. I tapped him. I said, 400, I need to go up. And he's like, no, no, you're okay. So finally I showed him the gauge because I thought maybe he wasn't understanding what I was telling him. He's like, yeah. no, it's no. fine. 
so I show him and he his solution was not go up like you're supposed to do because you got to go up and do a safety stop for three minutes. Okay. You go up to 15 feet and you sit there for three minutes and that's when the nitrogen bubbles out and okay. everything is okay. good. So his solution was not to go up like I was supposed to do, but was to hand me his octopus <laughs> and tell me and basically just tell me I was going to dive right next to him. So we kept diving for another five minutes while I was breathing on his air. Uh-huh. Wow. And then, you know, it, you know, and throughout that time, and then finally, you know, he's like, okay, you can go up because Joel at that point had run out. And so we both went up together and we did our safety stop. Well, by the time I got out of the water, I had like 50 PSI left, which meant if there had been any issues whatsoever, I was out of air. Oh, God. And I, we get up to the surface and the, 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 the captain... captain fucking reamed them yeah like, me he's like you should never come up with that little air you always got to come up you know with at least 300 psi after your safety stop and all that and then he was like going on and on about how he has to have the tank service yeah. now and like all this shit and i was like this is very uncomfortable like dude yeah and i'm like it's your guys your guys fault i wanted to go up and he kept telling me no i couldn't go up and you know in hindsight i should have just gone up yeah right? he's right. like but, well this is an advanced dive you can make your own decisions yeah. <gasps> well the problem is though it's also a drift dive which means that i didn't know where the boat was and if i pop up and the boat wasn't there i risk you know getting slammed into the rocks or anything right. else that could happen because the, the weather was not great um, and so we get up and come to find out the guy's like, you know, the guy with a thousand dives who had fixed my tank. I'm like, I, you know, I don't get it. it. It wouldn't breathe, wouldn't breathe. And the dive master's like, it was fine. You know, we're talking at this, you know, on the boat at this point. And the guy behind me, or the guy with a thousand dives comes up behind me. He's like, oh yeah, your tank wasn't on. I came up behind <laughs> you and turned it on. That's why it, it worked. So either me or the dive master, we don't know who. And at this point, it's my own fault for not checking to make sure I went lefty, loosey, not righty, tighty. <laughs> Um, but here I was at 80 feet with no regulator that was working. Wow. And unfortunately, that is not the first time that's happened to me. Because if, if it had been, it, you know, I probably would have just chalked it up to whatever. But when I was you getting wanted... my advanced certification, yeah. I was 35 feet down and my regulator quit. And we were up in Washington with no visibility. I couldn't see anybody or anything. <gasps> no. And it quit. And my backup did not work. What uh. completely failed and my primary completely failed and at that point i had no choice but to just surface oh my god and I, my regulator was done i mean it, it matter of fact i ended up throwing it away because it had broken and it you, you can't really i'm never gonna out. want i'm not well i mean you could rebuild it again but if it one it completely it? fails on you underwater yeah i got rid of the primary and the secondary because if they can both fail i mean how much faith are you gonna ever have in that again right yeah i just yeah. have this picture of myself like surfacing with my you know mask above and just nothing but like mascara because i've been crying <laughs> like the whole time so i learned a very valuable lesson that day and that is that, righty you know, tighty no, lefty loosey righty tighty lefty loosey <laughs> but, but no matter how much of a hurry you're in you still got to go through the steps I yeah. mean, no matter what you can't rush it because at 85 feet I mean, like I said, there's not enough air to even get to the surface, let alone the what would have happened had I actually done it. Yeah. Well, luckily you have, you're with people. Yeah. Yeah. You always dive in, in groups. And that's I would have had the bends and been crying. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And that's why they, they require advanced divers do that. Well, first of all, a, a regular certified diver is only allowed to go down to 60 feet. Oh, Because okay. at 60 feet, if you were to surface... You're it's probably gonna, still going to get the bins, but, but not, maybe not. So bad. Yeah. yeah, but any deeper than that, you're really risking it. And you got to do your stops. And are the bins fatal? They can be. Yeah. Can they? If you don't get treatment right away, they absolutely are. A lot oh. of people die from it. Oh shit! But the big, yeah, the biggest thing though is that you just got to know not to just surface, right? Yeah. I mean, because it would have been easy for me to take out my weight belt and just go up, or try anyway. 
But no, you got to keep your head about you. You got to make sure you, you know you go through the steps, right? So the next step is to check my own secondary air source, and that didn't work. And then to try to get yeah. your buddies there. I guess you can't see behind you. No, you or can't. Anything. You can't really. Re I mean, you kind of can reach, but when you have all that gear on, reaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had no reason to think that my tank was not turned on. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you know, you're thinking all the other things that could go wrong that would cause it. Um, and you know, you test it before you go down. It's the very first thing you do. You put it in your mouth. You breathe through it outside of the water. And as soon as you get in the water, you know, you're breathing off of it. So but you could breathe at 20 fine feet, it was breathing because, fine. Yeah. Okay. So how many dives have you been on? I think I have a total of about just under 40 dives total now. Dang. Okay. Would you ever scuba dive, Caitlin? Oh, yeah, for sure. Would you? I would, yeah. I don't know if I could handle it. Underwater creatures scare me oh, pretty that's bad. A lot of fun. I mean, I know you have to have strong lungs. I have asthma, so I don't know if I could... I, have, I had asthma as a child. Honestly, the lungs are not the biggest thing. It's how well you do with air. So okay. my wife sips air. She can be underwater for an hour, hour and a half. Me, it's like 40 minutes and I'm done. Because yeah, you I, and I Joel both heavier, were yeah. kind of. Okay. I feel like I would be an air sipper. Yeah. I do a lot of meditation and can just yeah. sort of barely right. breathe. Typically, before we'd go on these trips, we'd go, you know, swim for, you know, go to the courthouse and swim over and over and over again a bunch of times just to kind of get your lungs in swimming right. shape. Uh-huh. Um, but no, it's it's actually very easy. And underwater, it's actually much easier to breathe. The regulator almost forces air into your lungs, so it's really easy. The key is actually not letting it just you know force the air, and so you got to hmm. sip it in. Because if you breathe too heavy, you'll you can literally almost watch the gauge kind of go down. Oh it? gosh, this has been fun. Yes. Should we do another shot? Maybe we should. Maybe just one more. Here, Caitlin. <laughs> she doesn't have to drive. She's talking like as I many know. shots as she yeah. get in there. I know. You should at least save Joel a drink of that. We will. We'll give might, him the rest. He might be sad. You know which one I also like, which I didn't see there, is that Marionberry. Oh. Or, I don't think we looked for it, though. No, I just you? looked for this one. Yeah. Okay, so. Should we have a. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely. Or maybe do you want to. Let's close that out and then like take a shot at the end. Okay. Michelle should tell a story. So, I did oh, tell a story. She did. Oh, that is true. Michelle I tell like three and then she'll cut it. Two of them, maybe. Two or three. Yeah. No more than three, though. Don't worry. She won't cut any more. Well, thank you, Jeff, so much. Those were interesting stories. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't have a survival story, so oh my gosh. Oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Unfortunately, I have this great combination of very good reflexes and very bad luck. So we have survived a lot of really shitty situations. I mean, we didn't even talk about like Bonaire's birthday ride when we had like the you know the the earth opened up and swallowed us for a short uh -huh. period of time. Oh and God! Some of those fun things, yeah. Well, well you probably deserved it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't think so. We'll probably have you and Joel back together. Oh my God! Yeah, you better be schedule fun. about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I know. Yeah. And lots and lots Maybe of liquor. Not. Um. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, thank you for the drink suggestion. That's super Absolutely. delicious. Yeah. That's really good. I, I'm all going of you guys. <laughs> and well, uh, thank... the peach drinks were oh, yeah. freaking delicious. Well, peaches are in season, so you can go yeah, on the peaches, right? right? Nicely. And done. uh thank you for coming and being on the podcast. Oh, we appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you believe out most of what I said. For sure. And we all will. Right. <laughs> all right, cheersies. Cheers. All right. Woo. All right, so you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. Or you can send us uh, a story of your survival at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now at gmail.com and we will read it on the podcast. And yeah, so we will see you, see you next time. Thank Woo! you. Bye. Woo! Bye. Bye. <laughs>